What's going on, Dave? What is going on, Greg? How you doing, man? Awesome, awesome. So good to see you, man. It is good to be seen uh, by the Greenbeard tribe. Yes. We miss you in the morning, brother. We really do. Well, I miss being on in the morning uh, and miss hanging out on Periscope and, you know, putting in my snarky little comments. <laughs> <laughs> we, won't, we won't mention hummus today, okay? No. <laughs> don't even go there. Don't get me started on hummus, okay? Hummus Just, gate is yeah. real. <laughs> <laughs> Like, oh my gosh, Dave, where have you been? What have you been up to? What what's going on in Dave's world? How are you, you weathering the storm? You call, like you dropped <laughs> off the face of the earth. What's happening? Yeah. Um, I have been taking some time to uh step into some new things that God has been asking me to uh to take on. Uh like you. I haven't really bothered a whole lot with keeping up on the news because there really isn't any news going on right now. Um, you know, people were getting kind of excited about this Supreme Court thing with uh, Sidney Powell and Linwood's case, and I was like, "Ain't gonna happen. Supreme Court is not gonna hear those cases. Uh, if they, were, if the Supreme Court was gonna do anything, they would have done it a long time ago." So when only three people on the court voted for a writ of uh, certiorari to hear the case. Uh, they needed four. You need four justices to vote in favor of a writ of certiorari to, to get a hearing. And they only had three. And that was kind of predictable because the majority do not want to get involved in this stuff. So there, this, there just isn't a whole lot going on right now. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, Biden is mumbling, stumbling and fumbling his way through his fake administration. I mean, yeah, he's a president. Yeah, he was inaugurated. Yeah, he's signing executive orders. But... He's really, he's really only trying to run a third uh, Obama administration. He's doing it very poorly. Um, and, and there just isn't a whole lot of news going on right now. Uh, so I, I haven't been broadcasting. You know, the Lord gave me those series of dreams back around the time that Biden was inaugurated that showed uh, the military stepping in and taking care of stuff. Mm -hmm. And that's where I stand. Uh, that's that's kind of the last revelation that God has given me about current events and politics. It's that the military is going to step in at some point and take care of stuff. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I, I'm not that guy that is like, like, I bless you guys, you and Dave X22 and Red Pill, Zach and Bards of War and all these other guys who are able to go on every day and do a broadcast and, and you know, give an uplifting, encouraging message. That's just not my workflow. Um, I, I can't do that. Um, I have other things I have to do. And uh, I, I'm comfortable just standing on the last thing that God showed me. The last thing that God showed me was the military is going to step in and do stuff. You had a dream the other night where about arrests. No, I did. A bunch of arrests. So this guy got arrested and that guy got arrested. And oh, that person got arrested too. Yeah. And it's coming. It's coming. And I'm content to just sit there and wait and for God's timing. Uh, you know, God has shown me things uh, in dreams that I thought were going to happen relatively quickly, you know, in a, in a matter of a month or two. And it took like eight or nine years for them to, to actually yeah. happen. So I'm kind of used to waiting on God's timing and God's timing is never our timing. That's definitely for sure. However, there are a couple of interesting things going on 
They're oh. looking at, yeah, they're looking at uh, approving Merrick Garland to be the uh, new attorney general. And Merrick Garland is, he, he's a swampy uh, mm-hmm. POS. And there's some dis- debate and discussion and kind of wondering whether he is going to try to shut down the Durham investigation. Yeah. Right? So Denise and I were talking last night, uh, which is what we do in the evenings after I'm done writing. I'll, I'll explain that in a minute. Uh, we were talking about Merrick Garland and shutting down the Durham investigation. And one of, what was one of the very last things that Q posted back Durham. in November? Durham. That's it. Yep. Just, just Durham. Durham. So who has been investigating corruption over the last three years? Well, that would be U.S. Attorney John Durham. Yeah. So we have all these sealed cases in federal courts uh, all across the country. The the grand juries have been impaneled. They've already heard the testimony. They've already uh, handed over to the prosecutors. The the indictments have been sealed in, in the cases. So the question is, when are the indictments going to be unsealed? Well, as just kind of thinking, if Merrick Garland comes on as attorney general, and tries to shut down Durham's special counsel investigation, well, number one, that's going to create a huge blowback because it's going to be obvious then to everyone that Biden and his cronies, Obama, Susan Rice, uh, Sally Yates, uh, Loretta Lynch, Comey Clapper, Brennan, all the, the criminal cabal, they're the ones that are sort of behind this whole thing. And if they were going to shut down Durham's investigation, they would want to do it to save their own butts, mm-hmm. right? So if they make a move to shut down Durham's investigation, if you're Durham and you've worked for three or four years on all these cases and have got all these grand juries and, and all these indictments, you're going to start pulling the trigger and arresting people, mm-hmm. right? I'm wondering if Biden's um, pick as attorney general or something that Biden is going to do or something that the next attorney general is going to do if they try to shut this down, if they try to squash it, if it's not going to actually cause Durham to start unsealing indictments and arresting people. Oof. Because something is coming. Uh, I, I feel very strongly that that the Biden administration is going to make a critical mistake or several critical mistakes that are going to cause the military to step in, that are going to cause people to be arrested. There's going to be something that Biden and his people do that is going to trigger a series of events that they can't stop. That's kind of the backdrop for me uh, on what I think is is probably happening right now behind the scenes. And right now, I'm like, well, all this stuff is beyond my control. Right. Uh, it's it's out of my control. There's nothing I can do about it. Uh, I can pray into it, and I do. You know, I'm I'm praying like you are, and like most of your followers are praying that that this would all be wrapped up and and justice would be served. But in the meantime, I'm working on some books. Uh, (laughs) And I just, I am loving life. I'm just writing like a maniac right now. Oh, that's so good. Oh my gosh. So I'm working on two books. One is on dreams and the other is on power and authority. I started the dream book actually back in 2010. So I have this 10 year old manuscript that's been sitting in my computer forever. I haven't done any work on it. And I dredged that thing up and began outlining chapters and I have this book now is probably three quarters of the way done. 
Nice. It's a book on dream interpretation. And I've just been hammering at that book for the last week. And then for the week or two prior to that, I was working on a book that I started in 2015 or 2016 called Power and Authority Made Simple. How to release uh, God's power, how to exercise kingdom authority. Uh, and, and like I said, you know, that, that book been on the back burner for about five years. Yeah. Thing up, uh, outlined the chapters, started filling in the information and, and writing. So I've been just writing for like the last three weeks. I get up in the morning, get my coffee. Denise and I talk for about an hour. Uh, and then I just, I write, I just write all day, take break for lunch, go back and write some more, make dinner. Denise and I chat and talk. And then I get up the next day and do the same thing. Get up in the morning, have my coffee, we chat, I write. I write for seven or eight hours a day. And I've been doing that for probably the last month. It's all I've really been doing is writing. Uh, and I'm also zone. doing a lot of reading. I'm reading a book right now by a guy named, uh, uh, last name of McKee. I think the guy has won more than a hundred um, awards for his screenplays. He's a, he's a Hollywood uh, screenwriter and he's, and he, evaluates it and looks at screenplays for Hollywood movies. Uh, Robert McKee, I think his name is. Robert McKee. He is, he is a very gifted writer and he's also, he's an expert in storytelling. And writing fiction is all about telling stories, creating good characters, understanding plot design, plot structure, uh, understanding the elements of, of good literature. All right, so I'm reading this book by McKee and it's all about good storytelling, good writing, um, the, the foundations of, of writing fiction. And I'm working on uh, another uh, fiction series. So I oh, started nice. I started in 2019 uh, writing my first novel. Actually, that novel, I didn't start it. I started it six years earlier. I started it in, in 2013. Again, it sat on the back burner for uh, six years and then 2019 2018 I, I picked it up and started working on it again because i really wanted to finish this i wanted it was a series of short stories um and i wanted to put it together as a novel so i, I didn't know anything about writing fiction so i got a, a lesson from a friend of mine who is a literary nerd she taught me the basics of plot structure and character development and putting together a compelling story so I wrote my first, I, we finished that novel in 2019 and there's a possibility there may be a follow-up in that series. That, that book is called The Gates of Shiloh. Yeah. And it's actually, it's an allegory about emotional trauma. Um, I wrote it as kind of a psychological thriller, but in reality, it is about uh, healing emotional trauma. So I published that first book. There's a possibility there may be a couple of sequels and maybe some prequels down the road. I don't, I don't know if I'm going to go that far. I might, but um, <laughs> uh, after, have you seen the interview with Bill Wood regarding um, Project Looking Glass? Um, no, I don't think I have. Yeah, I was just putting up the Gates right. of Shiloh cover. You might want to check it out on YouTube. Yeah, there's the Gates of Shiloh. That's my yeah. first novel. Look at that. Uh, oh, man, I, right. I come so, prepared. Except for the so interview. After Q, yeah, you did, man. That's awesome. <laughs> after Q dropped a post about Project Looking Glass, I started doing some research. I knew nothing about Project Looking Glass. Mm -hmm. 
Jordan Sather and a bunch of other people were giving me crap on Twitter because I did this Q thread with this post about Project Looking Glass. And Q said something like, you know, looking forward to to see the, looking backward to see the future or something like that. Mm -hmm. And I just kind of like, okay, well, here's what Q said, looking backward to see the future, Project Looking Glass. And I went on to the next post and the next post and the next post. And I got lit up by people like, wait a minute, you're not talking about Project Looking Glass. And I'm like, what the hell is Project Looking Glass? I have no <laughs> idea what this is. And they're like, you got it. You got to do some research. You got to check it out, man. You got to look into it. And I was like, I don't even know what Project Looking Glass is. So I dove down the rabbit trail for a couple of days. And then I did a another thread uh, on what I learned about Project Looking Glass. And of course, it's, it's, um, it's all, most of it is speculative because nothing's been declassified about it. It's just testimonies from different people who, who have say that they have been read in on the project and, and know some things about it. Well, lo and behold, God gave me a dream oh uh, as I was researching Looking Glass. And the dream was a storyline for a science fiction trilogy that has to do with the concepts uh, of Project Looking Glass and some of the things that relate to Q's mission. So I've been working on this science fiction trilogy and, uh, and people started, you know, dragging me and com complaining and criticizing me for, oh, you're giving up on Q and you're going to go write science fiction. Well, oh, you know, um, what people don't know is, uh, regardless of what it is you write as an author, if you're writing fiction, what is going to come out in your fiction is what is in your heart, mm -hmm. your worldview, your values, um, the ideologies that you, that you, you know, believe most strongly, those always come out in your novels, mm -hmm. regardless of, you could write young adult, you could write, you know, Amish romance, you could, you could write about any science fiction. It doesn't matter what genre you write about as an author, whatever you feel most strongly, the, the values and the ideologies you really feel are important. Those issues are going to come out in your writing. So the people who are complaining about me talking about writing about science fiction don't understand that um, science fiction is primarily about, um, in, in most science fiction uh, novels, the authors are writing about contemporary political, sociological, religious, um, educational values, issues, problems and concerns, environmental concerns sometimes. And those issues that are currently facing people on earth are conveyed in a fictional way, in an allegory in science fiction. So people who say, I don't want, I don't read science fiction. Well, you're missing some really good discussion about contemporary political, religious, environmental issues, mm -hmm. because that's part, that's what people do when they write science fiction or, yeah. or when they write, you know, uh, uh, Westerns, uh, same thing, any good fiction, is really an exploration of the issues, concerns, and fears that are common to mankind. And you just put it in a different genre. So uh, I haven't been writing the actual book, the, sci the, the science fiction trilogy. I've been working on the outline. So I had this, this uh, I have like a thousand page or a thousand word essay that describes the basic plot structure and a main character and some of the um, issues 
in this trilogy, and I'm just working on that. And last night, I was getting all kinds of downloads about, and, and I've been changing a lot of things. Like I initially thought the first novel would start out in one setting with this guy doing this, interacting with these people, and then this would happen. Last night, I changed it a couple of times. I changed it again this morning because I'm getting all these downloads uh, from the Holy Spirit about how to construct the story. So, you know, I'm reading about how to write good fiction and, I, and I'm writing, uh, working on the book right now, working on the book on dreams, dream interpretation, and kind of uh, uh, on the side, working on this um, to, uh, large plot uh, structure for the science fiction trilogy. That's pretty much what I've been doing. Uh, <laughs> I've been, you know, I'm just, I'm just doing what writers do. Um, what have you been doing, man? <laughs> I know you've been doing your broadcast. I've been trying to keep my broadcast alive, but we've been on life support for a little bit. You know, we got to act off of everything. It's hard, man. You don't even want to hear about the dream I had last night. Oh, yeah, I do. Now I do. Oh, you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. It's going to get worse. Yeah. I'm prepared for worse. Uh, yeah, I had a dream last night that kind of revealed that the whole where do you host your videos thing is going to get worse. Yeah. And I don't want to go into details, but uh, I think we've got more problems coming regarding our, our videos and where we're going to host them. Yeah, um, it's gonna. I think it's gonna get worse before it gets better. So we just need to hang in there. Look, you know, th this is this is the thing that I would I would say to anyone like you, or Mary Grace, or Red Pill Seventy Eight Zach. Zach has been getting targeted pretty heavily. Um, we're being targeted because we're over the target, mm -hmm. right? I was watching uh, or reading a thing on Twitter this morning. Um, Bill Gates and a number of Silicon Valley uh, companies are now coordinating together to make a stronger push to fight online disinformation. Oh my That's the issue. They are terrified because we are reaching the, a, a large number of people in this around the world with the truth. Mm -hmm. And they have been used to and accustomed to having the mainstream media and social media platforms shape the narrative and keep people in the dark. And they're losing the narrative war. The reason we all got kicked off YouTube, Periscope, and every other place is because we are massively influencing the world. Yeah. And they know it and they're pissed because uh, they can't hide behind the curtain anymore. You know, pay no attention to the man behind the curtain. Well, the man behind the curtain has been exposed and people are waking up. And the, these big companies are coming together now in a more concerted effort to fight online disinformation, AKA the truth that we don't want people to know about. <laughs> right. right. So I think that, I, I think Number one, it's obvious we're over the target because we're waking people up with the truth. Number two, they're going to redouble their efforts to try to shut us up. And I don't know what that looks like yet, but I think uh, the battle is, is going to intensify in, in their efforts to shut us down. And what do you think about... Um, uh... Yeah, what do you think about Parler? You know, going with a with a Microsoft Gold Partner hosting choice. I I never liked Parler anyway, so you know, I don't know if you uh, want to speak on that or not. But 
Yeah, well, the thing with Parler is they, you know, when you're when you're a company like that, you have a, you have a couple of ways you can go as far as you know doing your hosting. Um, I think Jeff is doing the right thing. You know, he found out early early on from IBM that that Silicon Valley is not very uh, willing to support people who are talking about the 17th letter of the alphabet mm-hmm. and conspiracy theories and um, the truther community. They're just not interested in supporting those people. And there's tons and tons of pressure. You know, there's financial pressure. Uh, large banks are putting pressure on people. Um, so Jeff figured out, okay, he went to all these different hosting companies and they all said, no, we're yeah. not going to host. You. So he, he realized, okay, I'm going to have to drop some money and we're going to have to build our own hosting service because at some point we're going to get shut down from whoever it is that's hosting us. If somebody else is doing it, we're going to get shut down. Mm-hmm. Now, Parler uh, decided not to go in that direction. They went the other direction. Yeah. They, they refused to put in any kind of content moderation um, in this day and age, unless you're 4chan or 8chan or something, you have to put in content moderation. If you're if you have a, a normal a social media platform for normies who are accustomed to, yeah. you know, like not seeing uh, nudity, not seeing all kinds of you know uh, vitriolic speech, mm. you have to have some content moderation. Unless you're going to go the route of Gab, and I'll talk about them in a minute. So Parler refused to put in content moderation, and Amazon said, "Okay, well, we're going to deplatform you." We're shutting down the servers and your toast. Yeah. So they come back and the only way they're going to be able to survive is if they put in content moderation. No one's going to host them if they don't. And then yeah. and they, don't want, they don't have the money. They probably have the money because they got deep pockets, but they decided not to do their own hosting model because it takes too long to build freaking servers. And yes, it's, it's, you can't do that overnight. Right. So they have, um, I think they have, uh, probably done the smart thing from from a business perspective, which is put in some content moderation and allow some large company to do your hosting. I mean, mm-hmm. that's really the the more efficient way to do it. But that puts you under the thumb of Silicon Valley. Yeah. So they get to call the shots, and if they don't like what your some account that you're that you allow on the on the platform. They can tell you to sh- shut that account down or cut this service or don't do this or don't do that. They start calling the shots. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, you and I both know that Parler is not really a great platform. It's like a poor man's version of Twitter. Yeah. Uh, there's no groups. You can't even freaking do DMs unless you have a verified account. Yeah. Uh, to get a verified account, you have to give them a social security number. You have to give them a yeah, driver's no, license. You're giving them all your private information and who the hell knows where that's going. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they don't really have a, a, a good video hosting system. Uh, it's it's clunky. I just don't really like Parler, never have. Yeah, me either. I mean, I, I'm there because I have 195,000 people following me on Parler. Well, there's that. Um, <laughs> you know, and, and they expect me to be there, but I, I'm not really interacting with people on Parler. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, it's not a big thing. Now, now, Gab is the other alternative. And Gab has done, you know, Andrew Torba has done some very interesting things. Um, 
they have been through the cancel culture ringer probably more than anyone. They've been doing this for, for years. Uh, they're pretty much running the platform on Bitcoin right now. <laughs> they, they don't, all, all the banks have shut them off, cut them off. They don't, they, they, they can't uh, really take cash donations, but they found a way to do their hosting. They found a way to create a video platform and they have found a way to offer people free speech. You know, they don't do much content moderation. Yeah. Uh, you're pretty much allowed to say whatever you want on Gab. It's, it's pretty open. Uh, and, and I, you know, I respect Andrew for the way he has done that. He has fought the censorship and fought the control of Silicon Valley, and he's done it pretty successfully. Mm -hmm. It's been very innovative in the way they've developed the platform. So, you know, that's my, those are my thoughts on social media and where it's at right now. Now, what do you, th do you think there's ever going to be a time where, you know, like, uh, uh, you know, I mean, there's just so much that we're waiting on to happen, but. Do you yeah. think you think we'll ever be able to wrestle big tech away as well? You think this will give rise to more conservative platforms, more people like Jeff stepping up and and just totally? Yeah, they never expected us when when they scattered us. They're like, oh, we'll show them. We'll just turn off their accounts. But they didn't expect us to like run to like CloudHub or Telegram or you know all these other places and start finding each other. They thought they thought, oh, we're gonna be so smart, we'll just turn you off, and, and that's gonna be the end of it. No, and in a lot of cases, it made people have a bigger following even and and an easier way to communicate. So. Do you think we could see something coming in the future, more of a more of a cloud hub feel, more more people like Jeff, more <laughs> conservative hosting yeah. platforms, et cetera? Yeah, because uh, you know, unfortunately, or fortunately for us, um, the people who are running Silicon Valley are pretty stupid. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, they're they're intellectually smart, but they're not very savvy and they're not very strategic. Uh, that's because they're controlled puppets who do whatever they're told by people above them, like George Soros. So they make a lot of um, errors and blunders and you know strategic mistakes. And mm -hmm. one of the big strategic mistakes was the big Twitter purge, the YouTube purge, and the Facebook purge. What that did was it, it not only turned those platforms into a sterile wasteland of inane babbling, but it, it forced people like us to come up with alternative solutions for gathering with our tribe online. Mm -hmm. Now, I first got deplatformed by Facebook back in 2013. <laughs> uh -huh. So I- You're I an decided, early adopter. <laughs> yes, I decided back then I was never going to allow a social media platform to dictate how I can communicate with my audience. I created my, a self-hosted website pragmatic.com back in 2013. Uh, I, I learned how to do WordPress. I learned how to you know, do the hosting. I've gone through various iterations you know, of the theme. It's a good look. And because I, I, I decided, well, you know, and, and Facebook took me down right before I was launching my third book. <laughs> like, and Facebook was really my only way to connect with people. You know, I, I had a very small following on Twitter. I had a very small YouTube channel, really wasn't connecting with people there. My tribe was on Facebook and right before I launched my third book, boom, Facebook took me out and I was like, okay, this is, this is no bueno. Uh, I gotta come up with a better plan than this. I can't be dependent on some social media platform yeah. uh, to allow me to connect with my audience. So that's when I created my website and, and I've been kind of, 
I don't do it the way like Dave on X22 does or the way you do it. You guys are really good about reminding your audience, go to my link tree, go here. If you can't find me here, this is where to go. And mm -hmm. if you can't find me here, this is where to go. And if I get bounced off of here, check me out here. I'm not real good about that, but I, I do occasionally remind people if someday, if I get bounced off of YouTube or Twitter, you might want to check out my website. Um, you know, having your own website on a place where you can host your videos, host your podcasts, host your articles, uh, and, and connect with people is really critical in this day and age because you never know <laughs> if you're going to be shut down uh, on your social media platforms. And I, and I saw it coming. Like the Lord was warning me two years ago yeah. that I was going to get kicked off of YouTube. So I've been preparing for two years to lose my YouTube channel. And that's yeah. why I've been uh, researching live streaming options other than Periscope and YouTube for two years. Uh, and when Jeff came along with CloudHub and said, hey, we're going to do live streaming and we're going to do video hosting, I was like, okay, well, what are the terms and conditions? I need to see the fine print. Yeah. Because I, I looked at every live streaming and video hosting service out there. I mean, I've just been researching that stuff for two years. And Jeff presented to me a reasonable alternative for doing live streaming and video hosting. And to be honest, I am not... Uh, in love with live streaming, it's not like my mojo. Nah, -uh, uh, come on, writer. man. No, I, I'm a, I'm a writer, and and my mojo is writing. But <laughs> I started doing uh, live streaming back in 2016 because God gave me a dream, a very clear dream, where He showed me He wanted me to start doing live streaming. That live streaming is where it's at. And I was like, but I don't want to go on camera. I don't want to do this. <laughs> I don't want to go but to Nineveh. <laughs> I don't want to go to Nineveh. I hate those people. Why don't you use somebody else? Just wipe them all out. All of a sudden, That's it was in the wild. belly of a big fish. <laughs> but, you know, in, in 2016, um, the Lord really changed a lot of my direction. Like, up until that point, I was primarily active on Facebook. And then in 2016, the Lord showed me, I want you on Twitter. I want you talking about politics and current events. Specifically, I want you talking about Trump. And I was like, What? what the what like <laughs> this is not what i do like i teach on healing and emotional healing and miracles and like i'm not a political person mm -hmm. like this is not what i do yeah, and he man. was like okay well i'm telling you this is what you need to do <laughs> and so i was like well okay I'll, I'll give it a shot now in 2016 when this happened i had 3,000 followers on twitter that's crazy i need to my see YouTube a screenshot of that had, i i had 3,000 followers on my youtube channel uh, I had I, I don't even think I had a thousand followers until 2015. Wow. I couldn't even do live streaming at that point. I didn't have enough views and enough followers. But in 2016, you know, in the summer of 2016, uh, you know, the, the FISA gate became a thing. And I started doing live streams on Periscope where I was just looking into, you know, FISA abuse because because that's what that's what God asked me to do, right? So I just started doing that stuff. And in 2017, Q came along and I had already been doing some live streams, doing some, you know, uh, some uploading, some broadcasts to YouTube. And I was like, okay, uh, this Q seems to be a thing. Maybe I should, you know, weigh in on that. So I did a couple of live streams where I just briefly talked about Q. And then, you know, I was, I was watching Jay, uh, Corsi and some other people. Corsi was doing really crappy decodes and Denise and I were listening to him. Then he says, like, you know, you can do a lot better decodes than him. I was like, yeah, I probably could. She goes, you should start doing 
like decodes and upload them to YouTube. And I was like, oh, really? Like, I don't want to do that. <laughs> it's like, but everything, everything Denise has ever asked me to do has been the right thing. Like she always understands what I should do way before I do. Like writing books, doing QD codes, all that stuff, it was all her idea. Every good idea I've ever had actually was her. She got it first. Mm -hmm. uh, and I kind of resisted it and, and then eventually caved in and it turned out to be the right thing. Yeah, that's so funny. Like I'm the same way with Jen. Like God did that to me. You know, he's like, hey, I need you to start broadcasting. I'm like, are you freaking kidding me right now? I'm an introvert. What are you talking about? And then, you know, I tried all kinds of different ways and I was uncomfortable about it. And then Jen was like, well, why don't you just read your Devo and go from there? And I was like, oh, shoot. You know, so like our, our ladies, boy, they're on it. Yeah, Denise, uh, most of the good decisions I've made in my life, uh, the last 12 years at least, um, were things that she suggested I, I should do. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, the thing with having your own website, I think is, is important. A lot of YouTubers kind of figured out too late uh, after their YouTube accounts got suspended. They're like, well, what do I do now? Where do I host my videos and how do I contact my people? And holy crap. Fortunately for me, the Lord had warned me years in advance, this is coming. So I was, you know, I, I've been kind of a little bit ahead of the, ahead of the curve for me right now. Life is kind of like trying to stay two steps ahead of the deep state. Mm -hmm. Uh, the Lord has given me more warnings about, you know, video issues where hosting videos is going to become a bigger problem. You know, like right now you can host videos on a million platforms. Yeah. There's so many of them, but, um, there's some bad, uh, video hosting platforms and there's some good ones. And um, getting access to the good ones is becoming more difficult. Yeah. What do you right? think about Rumble? You think Rumble's pretty solid? Yeah, that's interesting. Uh, I've been pretty happy with Rumble so far. Mm -hmm. um, They're added streaming. Has a, the, the, the things I like about Rumble is they figured out a way to encode videos and stream them that allows them to be displayed across all different kinds of uh, web browsers and all different types of mobile devices and operating systems. Mm -hmm. That's the hard thing to do with, um, with videos is, you know, people send me links all the time. Why don't you go on this, this site, this site, upload your videos here, upload your videos there. Well, that's fine. There's a million freaking places where you can upload your videos. Yeah. But, uh, but then the question is how, um, how adaptive is the, is, is, a, is the streaming of those videos. Mm -hmm. Most of those video services that are out there, the streaming is horrible. You know, if you can view your video on, uh, on an Android phone, you can't view it on an iPhone. Yeah. If you can view it on an iPhone, you can't view it on Android. If you can view it on mobile devices, you can't view it on, uh, on a web browser. Um, it's very difficult to come up with encoding for, and streaming for videos that lets them play across multiple devices. That was a problem with IBM. When, yeah. when CloudHub started with IBM videos, I was embedding them on my website and I got all these complaints from people who were using iPhones and iPads that couldn't see the videos. Yeah, it was so I'm like, you know, that's, that's the issue. It's not just, you know, where can you host your videos? It's where can you host your videos on a place where other people can, can watch them. Yeah. And, um, you know, it, I think, CloudHub has a, a reasonable uh, solution for video hosting right now. It's a little bit clunky. It doesn't have social media sharing and some other things, but at least the videos do in, in playback, 
if you upload your video with the right audio and video bitrate, <laughs> yeah. the videos will play on most devices. Yeah. Uh, we found out that I had uploaded some videos that for some reason, the audio bitrate was at 160 kilobytes per second instead of 128. Yeah. And those videos were hanging up. When people try to watch them, they would glitch up. People would, they would freeze. And uh, one of the engineers messaged me. He's like, hey, he goes, um, your, all the videos that you uploaded that are at 160 kilobytes for audio are hanging up. You need to, you need to produce another version of that video at 128 and upload those. And I did and they're fine. Yeah. So we're, we're kind of learning. There's all kinds of, there's always a learning curve on stuff like this. Mm -hmm. But yeah, Burton's always working with the dial, trying to uh, yeah. you get it just set right, you know? <laughs> and I mean, and, that, and that's the thing, you know, people have been like, oh man, just hurry up. Come on, let's get it back to broadcasting and streaming over on CloudHub. And it's like, it's like I, I really don't think people appreciate the fact that like Jeff didn't bow down and kiss the ring. He, he literally like put a new thing together and it's like rolling he's, out an entire new platform. He's building something from the ground up that's brand new and that is hard to do. Yeah. And with a quickness too. I mean, because like Jeff and I were talking one day, and you know, he's like, "I could have, I could have bowed down, and like I'm doing all this for these channels to be able to broadcast." And he's like, "No, it's not just for them. It's for everybody else that's coming. They need to have a place to be free." You know? Right. Right. I got I mean, so much respect for him. Yeah, me too. CloudHub is not like the perfect solution. It's not like Rumble. Like I said, I like Rumble. Mm -hmm. It plays well. You can embed it all over. It's easy. It's very YouTube-ish in the way that it operates. The problem is, I noticed Jordan Sather said that some of his older Q videos, uh, they've taken down the view counts and they've disabled embedding huh. uh, on websites, on, on Rumble, on some of his older Q videos. So that's a little concerning because if Rumble is going to start censoring Q stuff, well, then they're just like YouTube. <laughs> That's kind of I mean, a sneaky way to do it too. Uh, so I, I'm the jury's out on Rumble. I've I've taken down all my Q stuff uh, on Rumble um, for some strategic reasons. Mm -hmm. um, and you know, people some people are complaining about it, but there are strategic reasons for everything that I do. I don't do anything haphazardly. Um, everything that I do like that has a very strategic purpose. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I, I like Rumble. If they continue to allow freedom of speech, great. I'm a little skeptical. Uh, I'm, I'm concerned that Rumble, whoever's doing their video hosting, is going to get pressured and they're going to start censoring. Yeah. That's my concern. We already know that what Jeff's position is on censorship. Mm -hmm. He has pretty much given Silicon Valley the bird and said, we're oh, not going to bow to you. We're going to do our own thing and we're going to give these people the ability to, you know, host your videos uncensored. So that's, that's one of the reasons why I'm like all in with cloud hub right now is because I know that Jeff is not going to cave yeah. to, to, to the sensors and the, and the pressure. It's not going to do it. Yep. Yep. Yeah. He's going to be at CPAC this week too. That's pretty exciting. Yes, he is. And I won't be. I'll be here writing. <laughs> I, it's in Orlando. I, I, I want to go, man. It's like an hour yeah. and a half for me. Yeah. I wonder if he's got passes. Yeah, he probably does. <laughs> so, so okay, let me let me ask you some let me ask you some Trump questions. So, so what do you think of our POTUS in, in Mar-a-Lago? I think he's down there getting a little bit of rest, but I definitely think he's working 
Like, what do you expect to see? And you know, I know he's making his first public outing this weekend at CPAC. So, like, what 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 are you looking for from POTUS from Trump? What am I looking for? Mm-hmm. I am looking for. Um, I, I, I'm hoping that he puts out delivers a message at CPAC. Uh, I'm guessing he'll be the keynote speaker on the last day, probably. I, I think. Yeah, on that Sunday. Uh, I'm I'm anticipating. I'm hoping. I have to keep my expectations realistic. But you know, Trump's a pretty dynamic, energetic person, and, and he knows. I think he has his his finger on the pulse of his base, and he knows what we're feeling. Uh, I think he needs to deliver a very motivating, uh, hopeful speech. Um, and I and I would anticipate maybe a, a wink or two. Uh, nudges about coming back into the political spectrum sooner rather than later, sooner than people think. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he drops some clues about, you know, because a lot of people are thinking, well, he's going to be the presumptive nominee for 2024. Uh, I think he's going to return sooner than that. Yeah. And so I'm going to be looking for any winks or clues that he's looking to return sooner. And you can't come out and say, you know, well, you know, what you don't know is that the military is going to, you know, crack some skulls on March 4th. Yeah. And then I'm going to be the next, you know, president in, in March. He's not going to say that. Yeah. And by the way, I'm not making predictions about March 4th. Yeah. Uh, I'm not, I'm not anticipating. That there's a lot of people who think that. I'm not dating it either. <clears throat> yeah. There's this. Um, idea of the corporation of America and the Republic of America and, and all this stuff. And then in March, you know, Trump's going to swoop in with JFK Jr. And he's going to become the real president and they're going to kick oh the, the corporate America to the curb. I don't buy into any of that. Oh boy. Um, you know, people can think whatever they want. It doesn't bother me. I think Trump is down in Mar-a-Lago getting some much needed rest, but you know, he's a workaholic, so you know, he's working. Oh yeah, for but, sure. You know, he's, he's at his home. He's chilling. Um, probably doing a lot of strategizing with people they trust. Uh, he has certainly has found out over the last three months who he can and who he can't trust. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> I'd like to lose everything for a short period of time and find out who's really find out who I can trust. Yeah. Uh, yes. He, he learned some lessons, I think, over the last few months. Um, you know, he's probably strategizing uh, the second Trump administration and what that's going to look like and what things he would do differently mm-hmm. when he gets back in the Oval Office and he will be back in the Oval Office. I, I hope he takes a swing at the uh, Republican Party. I hope he gives the Republican Party a black eye. Me too. Um, you know, it's a little a little difficult to do that because you're at CPAC, uh, but it's not the RNC convention. It's mm-hmm. CPAC, right? So... Yeah, Trump's Trump. So if he if he wants to I, smack, he'll smack. I would love to see him come out swinging mm-hmm. at phony, fake, swampy Republicans and kick him in the junk a couple of times, give him a black eye, yeah, and let him know that their um, their attitudes are not welcome <laughs> in, For real. In, in our community. Um, I would like to see him just just you know take a take a stick to. The, the worthless uh, rhino conservatives who 
and, and here's a good example. I was listening to uh, Turner, Congressman Turner, on uh, Maria Bartiromo on Sunday morning. And this tells you how freaking out of touch these people are on Capitol Hill. So Turner is asked by Maria Bartiromo, you know, what do you see with, you know, the, the Republican Party going forward? You know, what what can we look forward to? He goes, well, you know, I think we have a good chance of taking back the House in 2022. And we take back the House and we're going to set a new agenda. and We're going to run run our, our game plan and we're going to do that. Oh, my God. First of all, these idiots refuse to even con- mention or consider the fact that uh, the election was stolen in 2020. And yes, conservatives picked up a lot of seats in the House, and but they also fumbled the ball and lost some Senate seats. Yeah, um, the election system itself is rigged. There are no Trump supporters who are excitedly looking forward to getting having another fraudulent election in 2022. Yeah, don't we have these, to do something about that? And these freaking congressmen who are telling us, oh, well, we'll get them next time. We can do things in 2022. We have a rigged, corrupt election system. We aren't doing a damn thing in 2022 until that system gets fixed. Yeah. Uh, and, to, and to hear people on Capitol Hill just completely sweeping that crap under the rug pisses me off. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, the elections can't be rigged. There was no rigging. There was no, but they told us for four freaking years that the election was stolen. It was rigged. Russia colluded and all this stuff. Well, you know, we know it's projection, but, but I mean, in yeah. order for in order for Trump to come back and for Durham and all this stuff, I mean, in order to put it all back together, we gotta have this done before the next election, right? I mean, what did you think? Right. How can we have another election like that? I mean, I don't think anybody's gonna stand for it. And she's probably not going to pass her legislation, but Nancy Pelosi is putting forth all these bills to further get control of the election system. Mm -hmm. Like, we're going to have mandatory nationwide mail-in voting. We're going to allow illegal immigrants to vote anywhere they want, anytime they want. Uh, No ID necessary anywhere. She's trying, like I said, these these bills aren't going to pass, but it tells you their agenda. Yeah. They are really happy with the fact that they ripped us off in the last election and they want to put a few nails in the coffin so that we can't possibly get out. And uh, they, they like the way it went last time, other than they lost a bunch of seats in the House. Yeah, uh, They're just going to further continue their efforts to rig the election against conservatives. And we can't let that happen. And I don't think the military is going to let that happen. I think that there's there's a whole bunch of issues that are going to come to the forefront, come to a head. I think the military is going to step in and say, "Okay, well, this uh, little charade is over." Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that's just my feeling. Yeah. Thanks for playing, kids. Now, uh, come yeah. on, let's get Big Daddy back in the house. Yep. Time for the adults to take over. Are we ever going <laughs> to see? Are we ever going to see our day with this election fraud, with everything to come out and be like, "Boom, that was there." You know, I mean, I know we had Mike Lindell, and we got a bunch of people doing some stuff, but when are we gonna? When are we gonna get some closure on that? It's not going to come by the civilian institutions and agencies. Mm-hmm. That's clear. You know, I, I like the fact that Sydney and, and Mike Lindell are out there putting this information out because it's waking people up. But they're not going to get uh, their day in court. It's never going to be heard in a civilian agency. DOJ isn't going to do anything. Courts aren't going to do anything. 
Congress isn't going to do anything. Civilian institutions and agencies all had their chance and they all passed. Yeah. And they all basically flipped off America and said, you know what, not our problem. Or if it is our problem, we don't care. Yeah. Uh, the military is the only way. The only way election fraud is going to be addressed, in my opinion, is the military is going to step in and basically do what they're doing in Myanmar. <laughs> I think the military is going to invalidate the 2020 election. Yeah. And they're going to hold a new election. And uh, I'm watching that to whoever wins that election. I think they're going to use paper ballots. They're going to tell people, show up with your state-issued ID or don't show up to vote. Yeah. You're going to vote on one day. They're going to use a paper ballot. It's going in that box, and we're going to count the ballots. Um, that's the only way to straighten this crap out. I believe that, too. I believe that, too. <sighs> it's exciting times, though. But, you know... Yeah. Like, I, I was saying this morning, too, on a broadcast, and I know we were talking about it a little bit yesterday, too, is, like, we're, we, it's not like there's not stuff that's going on, and there's, like, you know, we can pay attention or not pay attention, but I really feel like this is, like, such a great time to to really kind of clean house spiritually a little bit, get ready for the for the next wave, to get, you know, to get ready for the next part of, of this action-packed adventure that we're, <laughs> we're living in. Um what what advice would you give to people that are kind of freaked out and they're, they're maybe you know there's a lot of people that are upset they're throwing their hands up on oh, nothing's ever gonna happen you know what what advice would would you give to people like that they're kind of like brokenhearted and they're losing hope yeah well this uh the, the series of events that have happened over the last three months have broken a lot of people's hearts it has dashed their hopes it has cause a lot of frustration and anger. I get emails all the time from people who are just sick and tired of nothing happening, no arrests, nothing's changing. It's only getting worse. Uh, and look, I get that, but it's a mental choice we make. You can either choose to focus on what's not happening. Mm -hmm. You can focus, uh, you can just, you know, turn on the news, turn on Fox, turn on whatever, you know, One American News, whatever you want, and look at all the things that are not happening and look at the reporting of no arrests, nothing's changing for the better, everything's getting worse. Mm -hmm. Biden is putting more and more evil, corrupt uh, people in his administration and things are just getting worse. You can choose to focus on that and look at that and let that inform you about what where our country is going. Mm -hmm. If you choose to do that, you might as well just you know go down to Costa Rica uh, <laughs> and apply for citizenship and try to get a place down there because it, 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 and I have friends who are actually doing that. Nice. They they have been looking at what's what's not happening, and they're convinced that things are just going to get worse and worse. I I have chosen not to accept that diagnosis. I just don't accept it. So because I operate in God's power and authority and kingdom, I see the kingdom. I see things that other people don't see. God continually gives me dreams or he shows me a bright future for America. Um, I had dreams where I see, I've seen the military coming in and taking over, taking care of stuff. And a lot of dreams where I've seen arrests. I've been seeing, I've been having dreams where people call me and, and those people have been arrested, having those dreams for four years. I know they're gonna come to pass. I know when God is speaking to me. I know when it's like, I, I don't have the soul dreams that most people have. When I have a dream, it's a dream from God. For 25 years, I didn't have any dreams at all. I just don't have soul dreams. Every dream that I have is a dream from God. He's shown me a lot of things that are coming. 
when I operate in healing, um, when I'm confronted with somebody who has an immobilizer on their shoulder and in a sling, and they tell me the story, you know, uh, I've got a fractured humeral head. Uh, I've got, you know, uh, torn cartilage in my shoulder. Or I've got this, I've got that and the other thing. They're confronting me with facts. These are the facts. This is what the x-ray showed. This is what the MRI showed. This is what my doctor told me. I've been through these procedures. I've had this, I've had that. And then I, I listened to them and I said, okay, well, that's all fine and good, but uh, you're going to get healed. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. And I put my hand on their shoulder and I release power and I command the cartilage to be healed, command the bones to be healed, ligaments, nerves, and tendons to be healed. And then I ask them, how do you feel now? They're like, wow, man, it's really hot in there. Like, holy cow, huh? it's like on fire, right? And I'm like, okay, well, start moving it around. And they'll be like, what the heck, man? It's like, it's brand, brand new. <laughs> like, yeah, well, that, because that's how the kingdom of God is. You, this person was convinced because of the diagnosis, the x-ray, the MRI, the, what the doctor said and all the therapy and crap they've been through that they couldn't be healed. They, they were just going to be that way the rest of their life. Mm -hmm. God comes along with a person like me and says, you're not going to be that way the rest of your life. Those are not the facts. Well, maybe they are the facts, but they're not the truth. Mm -hmm. Jesus is the truth. And Jesus says, go heal that person. So I apply the truth to that person's facts and the facts disappear. They're no longer facts. It's no longer a fact that that person has a fractured humeral head or, you know, messed up cartilage. Yeah. The fact is they're healed because the truth trumps the facts, right? So when people confront me with facts, like, well, Biden's doing this. Well, this is happening. That's happening. No one's been arrested. That's a fact. Da -da 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 -da. It's happened. That's a fact. Like that may be a fact, but it's not the truth. Yeah. The truth is that God is going to bring justice to America. The truth is that people are waking up. Mm -hmm. The truth is that these corrupt people are going to be arrested. You've seen it. I've seen it. And I get dreams from people every week who are seeing really cool things happening in the spiritual world. Yeah. Things that God is showing them that are going to happen. That's the truth. So you can either focus on the truth, which is what God says is going to happen, or you can focus on the facts, which is what we see today in the temporal world. And I choose not to focus on the temporal world. Amen. Because God can change that stuff like that. In an instant. Well, it's so, part of living you know, by faith and not it's, by sight. It, it's, it's living by faith. It's all perspective. Mm -hmm. It's like, perspective do you choose to live by? I choose not to live by that perspective because I'd be depressed. And I'd be, you know, drinking and, you know, slobbering on Denise's shoulder every night, bummed <laughs> out and crap. I'm like, I don't want to live that way. <laughs> I, I live by faith. God has taught me to live by his revelation, his truth, not my truth, not Amen. that person's facts. He's taught me to live by faith, by accepting his diagnosis and not the world's diagnosis. Amen. Amen. Well, I mean, and you're you're such a calming voice, and you're such a, you know, you you are such a strong man of faith. I remember early on, before we even like knew each other, you know, when I first I was like praying medic. Wow, that's kind of awesome, you know. And then, you know, people are like, oh yeah, he's the chaplain of social media, you know, he's the pastor of the internet, and you know all this stuff. And it's like, 
it's so funny to me because like you didn't you didn't plan this or choose any of this you know for your life but then god's using you in, in just such a positive you know way in such a powerful way to to help people and it's really it's not because you tried to do anything it's just you you gave up your will and your life over to god and you opened yourself up to be used by him and uh you're allowing him to do so many amazing things and, and you you just you bring in so many people along with you you know your books we're always we're always telling people you know go get uh, hearing god's voice you know all your stuff too you know like you could have done anything you could have been like complicated and you could have wrote a book like this freaking thick with all the spiritual mumbo jumbo that you wanted in there but i love all your stuff is like made simple three easy steps you know <laughs> like how to do this thing and, and like we just love you so much and we're so thankful that you you listen to god and you stepped out and you're doing this and even though we miss you in the mornings, we know we're now we're very excited to know that you're reading, you're writing all these books. So we'll have those here pretty soon. Um, you know, what's the best way for people to find you to to find your stuff to get a hold of you? Um, like, where's the, I know your website, Praymedic. I had that up. Praymedic.com is where I post articles, videos, podcasts. My classes are hosted there. I am possibly going to be launching a couple of new classes i'm thinking about doing a master class on self-publishing really yes hmm. uh so prangmedic.com is where all that stuff is prangmedic.org is our ministry website right so if you want to catch out our, just our ministry stuff that's on prangmedic.org and there i have uh you know my supernatural saturday videos are there we receive prayer requests through prayingmedic.org, uh, right? So that's, we have those two websites there. One is prayingmedic.org is for the ministry, for the nonprofit. Prayingmedic.com is for everything else. There you go. Uh, ah. And, you know, then there's then there's Podbean. For right now, we're on Podbean. Uh, I hoping, I'm hoping Podbean doesn't cave to the pressure. Yeah, but, so far so uh, good. Yeah, my broadcasts are on Podbean I'm on my channel there. And then I'm on CloudHub. I mean, I'm I'm not all over the place. I don't have a Telegram channel. Probably never will. So if anybody uh, sees Medic out there on, uh, on, on Telegram, that's, that's not him. Yeah, um, I'm not on YouTube, although there are some Nigerians who have praying Medic channels where they're <laughs> uploading my videos and they have links to PayPal uh, donations. I don't have a PayPal account. Those oh, dang Nigerians, I, man. Down. <laughs> so, you know, there's all these scammers out there pretending to be me, not me. I am on Gab. I have a verified account on Gab. Uh, but primarily I'm on CloudHub. On yeah. social media, if you want to DM me, DM me on CloudHub. I read all my DMs and I'll respond to you as long as you don't send me a link to a YouTube video that <laughs> is three hours long and tell me I have to watch it. Right. Uh, <laughs> oh my gosh. So that's that's pretty much where I'm at. <clears throat> All right, I was trying to pull up a cloud hub real quick, but yeah, everybody knows how I get you over at cloud hub. Cloud hub, yeah, channel one fifteen. I'm not doing a lot of broadcasts right now because I said I'm primarily trying to focus on writing. I've got so many books I want to get done. Like I, I have no shortage of ideas for books. It's kind of crazy. Uh, <laughs> I'm always working at least mentally on uh, two or three books at a time. Well, hey, listen, when you get one ready, I know you got one going into editing and you're, you're working on these other ones. Can we have you come back on and, and plug the book and, and show us where to yeah, get sure. it and talk about it? Heck yeah. 
All right, man. This is so awesome. I love you, man. I'm, I'm glad we're friends, but I'm glad I finally get you out here. I mean, this is like, uh, I think God's doing a new thing with our broadcast, too. So, you know, I'm taking yeah, this all the time to retool. I How know. I know. Had to lose, <laughs> the, the, scatter the flock before we could finally freaking do it. But, I mean, I, I, it's okay. I mean, you know, people come back. You know, maybe. I'm <laughs> All right. I love you. So, you want to leave us with anything? Any last words from Praying Medic today? What do you want to give us? Give us something good on the way out. Something good. Well, I'm going to ask for prayer. Oh, boy. Uh, please keep me and Denise in prayer and yeah. keep uh, President Trump in prayer. But I, I guess I would just encourage people to hang in there and realize that, you know, when Q said we have to be brought to the precipice before we'll find the will to change, there's a lot of people that are coming to the precipice right now. Mm-hmm. They're, they're being confronted with things they don't want to be confronted with. They're being confronted with fears. They're being shown things that are concerning them. And all of that is causing people to realize that we do live in a country with a, with a lot of institutional corruption. Mm-hmm. And that institutional corruption has to be addressed, but it's not going to be addressed and fixed until a critical mass of people in our society are convinced that it has to that it exists and has to be changed and that's what's happening right now uh, more and more people are waking up more and more people are coming to the you know they're taking the red pill they're seeing the truth it's we're all being pushed to the precipice it is uncomfortable it is not a pleasant experience mm-hmm. but just like neo suppository unplugged from the matrix uh, shock to the system and rejection, and I want to go back in that little He's gonna pop. I was living in. Um, but you know, it, it's an uncomfortable experience. But that is how transformation comes, and our and our country is being transformed into a brand new country. We're gonna go back to the roots of uh, of liberty and justice, justice for all. Um, it, it's coming. We just have to make enough people uncomfortable that the people will rise up and take back control of the government. This, I mean, in, in part, the military has a, has a role to play, but they're not going to step in until a majority of people in this country decide they want to take their country back. Mm-hmm. And that's happening. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And I'm not seeing any crazy like, Oh my gosh, Biden's doing an amazing job posts out there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm no, not seeing any of not. that. <laughs> All right, brother. Well, thank you so much for being here. I love you so much, man. And God bless you. you. And I would definitely be keeping you in prayer. Yeah. Yeah, this has been nice. All right, so come back on tomorrow. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Very very soon, though. Very soon. All right. Soon. All right. All right. I love you guys. Let's get out of here. Dilly's getting ready to come on. Uh, Don't forget, we'll be back tonight around the 7 o'clock hour. We'll be doing wins of the day. We'll wrap it up. And, uh... Guys, just go out there and and love on God. Don't fall in that slimy uh, pit of self-pity. And uh, just have the very best day ever. I love you so much. I know Medic loves you too. God bless you guys. I'll see you here in a little bit.